Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. This is Zach Guggenheim. We are doing the fourth edition of Best Case, Worst Case. If you like the pod, if you like the series, make sure to like and follow us wherever you get your podcast. Leave a review. Send an email at Talk at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram. You can follow me at my personal Twitter account or Facebook at Zach Guggenheim on both of those and Big Ten Football Talk on Instagram. I think this might be the most fun edition of this. The teams that we're looking at, it's it's the projected fourth place teams in each division by Phil Steele. Again, these are not my projections or my predictions. This is simply a best case, worst case. What is reasonable based on talent, schedule for each of these teams? We we did Rutgers and Illinois in, we, in the first edition. We did Northwestern Indiana. And then we did last, uh, on Tuesday, we, we did Purdue and Maryland, who I think two are the more intriguing teams. I think these two teams are also very intriguing because I think both the ceiling and the floor, I, I think the gaps are very, very wide, but for very different reasons. And if you're wondering if this is the episode where we get to Nebraska, you would be right. And we'll set the over-under on how many times I say Scott Frost should get fired at about seven. Now, before I, I get into Nebraska, we're going to start with the West. I think in every episode I've started with the East. But I'm going to start with the West. I'm going to start with Nebraska. I want to just be very clear. I want Scott Frost to do well. I have wanted him to do well. I was very excited when he got hired in 2018. And I I thought he was going to do really really well. He was a Nebraska man. He was dynamite at UCF, had a great record there. And I really thought that he was going to bring credibility. And And I've wanted Nebraska to be another power in the West. I thought they could do that. And I'm not sure Nebraska will ever be a national power again like like they were in the 90s and and traditionally before that. But it wasn't more than 20 years ago, barely over 20 years ago, that Nebraska was in a national championship game. Right in 2001, they got they got blown out by Miami, but they were in a national championship game. And then Frank Solich got fired, I think for going like 9 and 4. Like that that was the standard. And then Bo Pelini got fired, mostly because he was angry, but also he was not getting above the nine and three, ten and two, eight and four mark. And so that was kind of the standard. And you brought in uh Mike Riley, who had one winning season, and that winning se- season uh, I think they were like eight and oh, and then they played Ohio State with the JT Barrett right, JT Barrett left offense, and they got 62 put up on him. That wasn't going to get it done. So Mike Riley got fired after a couple of substandard years. And then they brought in Scott Frost, and there was all this pomp and circumstance over him coming. And what has he done? Well, in the past four years, he's gone 15 and 29. And last year he went three and nine. And the best thing you can say about three and nine last year was. Well, they almost won some games. And listen, if you are supposed to be 
the the prodigal that's supposed to bring everything to fruition. Listen, he would be on the hot seat for me if he went nine and three. He went three and nine, people. Like his only Big Ten win last year was to Northwestern. He lost to Illinois. He lost, you know, they lost to to Oklahoma. Okay, that's that's respectable. Lost to Michigan State by three. Lost to Michigan by three. Lost to Minnesota by seven. Lost to Purdue by five. Lost to Ohio State by nine. Lost to Wisconsin by seven. Lost to Iowa by seven. That's nine losses, all by nine points or fewer. Some of those were to really good teams. Like Ohio State, Michigan, Oklahoma. Like, that's respectable. Losing to Illinois and Minnesota and Purdue and Wisconsin and Iowa. I mean, Wisconsin Iowa is okay, but you would expect Nebraska to be able to compete in the West, especially when they thought it was their year. So this is this is the reality. When we talk about best case, worst case, it is not a shot in the dark. It's not unreasonable to think they could go three and nine again because you know what? They probably had a better they had a better roster last year, and they went three and nine last year. However, I think there's a little bit of hope around Casey Thompson transferring in. They 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 hit the transfer portal pretty hard. They have a really really good uh, linebacker coming back, edge rusher, and Garrett Nelson coming back. They do have some experience. On the lines, they have some transfers from LSU and Texas, particularly Trey Palmer, Travis Vokalek. Um, sorry, Vokalek's not the transfer. Um, it is Marcus Washington who's the transfer uh, from Texas. Uh, but you know they got some transfers out of the portal. So there's there's some optimism again. So a lot of this, I feel like, depends on a couple things. One is that Casey Thompson from Texas ends up being more consistent than Adrian Martinez. And whatever coaching bug that Scott Frost couldn't do, like he could not train his guys to get out of the mindset of losing, he's able to somehow conjure something where they're a little better. So I I know that's very vague, but there is a reality that if your roster just is so used to losing, sometimes you just invent ways to lose games. See the Michigan game last year where they had every opportunity to win that game, and I think they fumbled with 30 seconds left and Michigan kicked a field goal. It, just mind-blowing. So Nebraska – so Casey Thompson is going to really matter – Scott Frost and his approach in in getting the team to buy in is going to matter. And then the first game is really going to matter. They play Northwestern week one in Dublin. And we're going to go, you know, I'm going to go worst case scenario first. Because I think think this is the, the more likely of the two. Although it might be best case if Scott Frost gets fired. But we're just going to go worst case in terms of record. I think it's very possible as bad, you know, they they drilled Northwestern last year, 56-7. But you go to Dublin, 
against who I think is the best coach in the Big Ten, and Pat Fitzgerald, and you get Fitzgeralded. You get beat by, like, seven points because that seemed to be the margin that they lost to everybody by last year. So they get they get beat by Northwestern and Ireland. Why they're playing... Why I don't know why Ireland wants Nebraska Northwestern. I, that's not a, meant to be a knock on both those teams. It's so, but I, I don't understand the connection. But uh, you know, they have a connection. So they lose to to Northwestern in the opener. They get North Dakota. They win that game. They get Georgia Southern. They win that game. They get Oklahoma, and they get drilled off the field. And Brett Venables has a really good non-conference win. Well, not great non-conference win, but he gets a a non-conference win in a rivalry game. Nebraska's 2-2. A lot of rumblings about Scott Frost getting fired. Uh, They they have the bye. They they get to Indiana, who I... You know, I think Indiana... I, I said in the Indiana best case that I think Indiana could win this game if Scott Frost fumbles the game away. And so that's what happens. It's homecoming. Nebraska has a 10-point lead at half. They're like, we're going to win. We're going to have a winning record. Get to 3-2. and two. It's going to be great. And Basilek comes through, and it's tied, and Nebraska's driving, and they fumbled the ball, and Indiana gets it and kicks a game-winning field goal because, of course, we haven't seen that before. They go to Rutgers, and... Shiano pulls some Shiano stuff, and they upset Nebraska, and they're two and four. They go to Purdue. Aiden O'Connell throws all over the yard. They lose that one. Two and five. They get Illinois, and you know I I don't think they lose all those games against all the weakest teams in the Big Ten. So I think they get one at home uh, against Illinois, three and five, and then. They go 0 for 4 in the next four games. They get Minnesota at Michigan, Wisconsin at Iowa. They finish 3 and 9. And Scott Frost retains his job. That'd be the worst case. He'd get fired after that. That's the worst case scenario. Here's and here's why it's the worst case scenario is because I think their talent and their roster is probably good enough to at least be second in the in the Big 10 West. The Big 10 West there's a lot of parity in the West. I'm not so sure it's it's good, but I mean you compare them to the to the East, and it's just not nearly as good. And if you look at Nebraska, listen, if Scott Frost goes six and six, he should get fired. Because if you look at Nebraska's schedule, if there were any other track record, I see at least eight wins. If not if not ten. So but again, it depends on momentum, it depends on Casey Thompson, and it depends if Scott Frost has learned to win a game, particularly a close game. So they start with Northwestern. I think in the best case scenario, they can win that game. And they won 56-7 last year. They get North Dakota, Georgia Southern, win those games. They get Oklahoma at home. Casey Thompson knows Oklahoma. He had a lead against Oklahoma last year. Oklahoma is not is not bringing Spencer Rattler or Caleb Williams, and they're not bringing Lincoln Riley's offense. They're bringing Dylan Gabriel, who's good. They're bringing Brent Venables, who 
has never coached in, uh, in a head coaching capacity. They had a lot of transfers go through their program. Still have quite a bit of talent. But Casey Thompson feels the Red Rival, uh, uh, Red River shootout rivalry in his bones, in his blood from his days at Texas. And they shock the world and beat Oklahoma at home. And they start 4-0. I, I think that's actually reasonable to think about. They get a bye, get to rest up a bit. They get Indiana at Rutgers and at Purdue. I think they can win all those games in succession. With their roster, with their roster, with their depth. They get another bye. They get Illinois, they can win that game. 8-0. And then they get the stretch of Minnesota at Michigan, Wisconsin, at Iowa. I think they probably split those games 2-2. Because that's that's just a rough stretch. And, And listen, I'm not super high on Iowa and I think Minnesota is is going to surprise some people, but I'm not like super high on Minnesota. But it's it's that succession. You have strong running teams. You have to go to Michigan. You have to go to Iowa. Those are two of the hardest places to travel. And my guess is they lose two of those four, but in the best case, but they're close. And say they lose to Michigan, which is an East team, and then they lose to Iowa, who I think, I don't think they're going to have a great year, but they upset Wisconsin. I think you can see Nebraska in the Big Ten Championship game. And depending who's there, if it's Michigan State, I, I think they could win a Big Ten Championship. That's the best case scenario. I put that like at 1.5% because I don't trust Scott Frost. But I could see that, and then I think they'd get they'd get beat down by somebody in a in a big time bowl game um, because they have they're they're I think a couple ticks below Wisconsin in talent, and I I just don't think they can get they I don't think they can get over the hump against an elite level opponent. Um. So I that's my that that's my best case worst case of Nebraska. My project I'll tell you right now, my projection my projection is not going to be very kind to Nebraska. But I think a lot depends on the on those three things. Quarterback, coach, momentum. If those three things work out in weeks one through three, watch out Oklahoma. Because I, I do think they have the enough talent and enough of a roster. That they they can give Oklahoma a run, especially because they play two very weak opponents, two very weak opponents before them. So let's take a quick break, and then we will be back with Sparty. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We are back on the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. Again, this is our fourth 
in uh, the fourth episode in our series of the best case, worst case. We're going to do all these uh, every Tuesday and Friday uh, until we finish up in a couple weeks. And then we'll we'll try to cover a little bit of what came out of Big Ten Media Days. I still want to get an episode out on uh, what Pat Narduzzi said a few days ago. Uh, also, uh, we'll touch base on a few other news and notes around the league uh, before we get to the preseason predictions. Um One thing to look up as well as you're starting to get ready for the season, Cleveland.com did their annual preseason media poll. So go and check that out. They did uh, where they thought everybody was going to finish in the East and the West. They did uh, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, all those those things. Really great list. It's put together by Doug LaMaurice and Nathan Baird and Stephen Means over at Cleveland.com. They they run Buckeye Talk. it's, uh, I think, one of the better football podcasts out there. So make sure to, to like and follow them and uh, put in a good word for me. Maybe I could, uh, I could guest host or guest star with them. I don't know. I'm, I'm not big enough for that, but that's okay. That's okay. We've got our, we've got our, our, our niche here. We're going to get to Michigan State. And Michigan State is, is one of those teams that – I think easily overachieved last year. I mean, last year I had them dead last in the Big Ten, not just the Big Ten East. I think in overall I had them dead last. I thought they would be terrible. And Mel Tucker came in and revamped the program, revamped the roster through the, the transfer portal. You know, obviously Kenneth Walker was the biggest story, but they they got a ton of transfers. And that is the case again. You know, they they got a tight end from Illinois, Daniel Barker, who I think is is a potential NFL guy. They they got Nick Samick out of Washington State. He's going to be their starting center most likely. They got a bunch of running backs from other teams, Jarek Broussard, a senior, he he ran for 1550 yards at Colorado. They got Jalen Berger from Wisconsin, who I thought would be the starting running back at Wisconsin last year. So there's there's a lot of potential. And Peyton Thorne... Peyton Thorne is... uh, He's an enigma to me. Because I think he's good. I think he could be really good. I also think it's very possible that he showed glimpses last year and caught everyone by surprise, and then he has a sophomore slump. You know, he has some mobility to him. He's He can be accurate. He Honestly, he's kind of in that same level of quarterback as maybe Sean Clifford or maybe a, a Cade McNamara, where you're like, they can do some things. They're good, and... When they're really good, they elevate their team. And sometimes, e, I don't know how I feel about that. I, you know, Peyton Thorne did, did really nothing against Ohio State. He really struggled against Indiana. But he was really, I mean, he, he was efficient against Michigan. He was efficient against other teams. And so I, I'm just not sure where I'm at with with Peyton Thorne. I think he could be really good. I also I think he can win his team games and I think he can lose his team games. 
right? So, and, and the defense, they have nine starters coming back, which you would think, yay, that's really good, except they were the worst pass defense in the country last year. So, yay? I, I just don't know what to do with them. Now, the schedule sets up really well for them. They get Western Michigan, Akron, at Washington. I don't think Washington... I think they're a year away from being competitive with anybody. So I think it's 3-0 and regardless. Now, if we do the worst case... I'm going to do worst case first, and then we're talking about best case. The worst case is this. The transfers don't hit like they did last year. And Peyton Thorne takes a step back. Part of which is because he doesn't have uh, Speedy Naylor back. And so, yes, they have Jaden Reed. They have Trey Mosley. But they are they only have two returning offensive linemen. Their defense hasn't improved all that much. Maybe they've gotten a little bit better because of experience. And while Mel Tucker, is a, I think, is a great coach, this is not a shot on him. It's just, listen, you don't have... You don't have the ability to surprise anybody. The weight of expectations is now on you. Peyton Thorne takes a little bit of a step back. You don't have quite the the offensive line. And so you get to Minnesota. You lose to Minnesota. You're 3-1. and one. You get to Maryland, and Maryland exploits your leaky pass defense. You go 3-2. and two. And then you get to Ohio State, and you have not solved any of the issues that you had with Ohio State last year. You're 3-3. Three and three. And you get to Wisconsin – and they just bowl you over in your three and four. And listen, I don't think that's that's that far fetched. That's a that's a brutal stretch for them. Like I don't, you see Maryland on the schedule, and you're like, yeah, it's Maryland. I think Maryland's going to surprise people. I really do. Now I say that every year, but I I think especially with the way their team is made up, that's a bad matchup for Michigan State. Minnesota, I think, is going to be good. Ohio State, I think, is going to be really good. And I think Wisconsin's going to be, you know, maybe a hair, a couple hairs below really good. So I don't think it's out of the question for them to go 0-4 in that stretch in the worst-case scenario. They get a bye, and then they get at Michigan. I think that could be a fifth straight loss. So you go 3-5, and you get at Illinois. I think Illinois can get them. You know, if if... Again, if they don't get the running game going, they go three and six. Um, I, I think they would split Illinois and Rutgers in the worst case scenario. So the four and six, I think they'll get Indiana five and six, but then they get they go to Penn State and lose. I, I think the worst case is, is actually not being bowl eligible. All right. So it, now, before Sparty gets upset at me and comes over and beats me up, I just want to be clear. The issue with Michigan State here is last year you caught everybody by surprise. You caught fire with Kenneth Walker. You had a really good receiving core. You had a veteran offensive line. You lose your best receiver. You lose your best running back. You lose three-fifths of your offensive line. And, and quite honestly, you got lucky in several games last year. Okay, and and honestly, the schedule, you know, you didn't have Wisconsin on the schedule. You, instead of Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Illinois, which Illinois is, is not a great team, 
But you had Northwestern, who was really bad. You had Nebraska, who was essentially giving games away. And you had uh, Purdue. And you lost to Purdue. So I think the West crossovers are harder with Minnesota and Wisconsin. And I think at Illinois is 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 tougher, just with Brett Bielema. And I think the way the schedule sets up is also tougher. Um, now, I, I think they catch a break with Washington. I don't think Washington is very good. But ultimately, you have to remember, they they weren't dominant in some of their wins. They, they scraped by Indiana. So I just, I think regardless, they're going to take a step back. I, and I, I don't think it's unreasonable to think they might take such a step back that they're five and seven just remember two years ago they were i think they were one and five or two and four i forget and i mean they were they were terrible so that's not to say that mel tucker's bad i just think last year was kind of lightning in a bottle and i'm not sure they can recapture it however let's say they do catch it twice in a row they got some decent talent in the transfer portal. Mel Tucker is recruiting a little bit better. Maybe experience does help the defense a little bit. Still think they go 3-0. And they can beat Minnesota and, and Maryland. I I do think, and you know, especially if Peyton Thorne takes a step forward, he does have Jaden Reed. He does have Trey Mosley. I think they can grit out a win against Minnesota. I think they can... You know, if their defense can solidify just enough, they can limit Maryland to get to 5-0. and They get to Ohio State. I think they lose that game. I'm, I'm not sure they can beat Wisconsin after Ohio State. But, again, we're talking best-case scenario. Maybe Peyton Thorne. I think Peyton Thorne can have a game of his life. Say they, they, they stay close to Ohio State. They feel galvanized by that. And they upset Wisconsin on homecoming weekend. And they, they get to the bye at 6-1. and one. They go to Michigan. And they continue to be the big brother over little brother Michigan. And they're 7-1. and one. They beat Illinois, Rutgers, Indiana. And they upset Penn State. And they go 11-1. and one. Ohio State loses a couple of games. Uh, they lose to Michigan and they lose to Penn State. So they're 10-2. and two. Michigan State wins the tiebreaker. They go to the Big Ten Championship game, and they somehow luck out and get Purdue or Minnesota or, you know, or Iowa or someone like that. I don't think they can beat Wisconsin twice. I think that, that would be a really tough ask for them. But they get a second tier. I think they could win a Big Ten Championship and go to the Rose Bowl. Um, and if they're 11-1 and 12-1, they might get to the playoff where they'll get smoked by Alabama. So that's that's where the dream ends. But I think that is the best case. Now, I'm I'm probably my projection of them. I'm I'll probably be around seven and five, eight and four, if if I'm honest. But if there's there's a few coaches in the Big Ten that can elevate their guys better than anyone. I think Mel Tucker is one of them. So. Again, I think the best case scenario actually might be a playoff appearance. So that's why I'm saying the gap is really, really wide for both Michigan State and Nebraska because I think I, I'm not sure what 
their their adventures in the transfer portal are going to help. It could really help them or it could really hurt them. So we'll see. We'll see. But I'd love to know your thoughts. Feel free to send me an email. Send me a message on Instagram. That's Big Ten Football Talk on Instagram. Big Ten Football Talk at gmail.com. Make sure to like, leave a review, share the podcast with your friends. This has been the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. Signing off. Take care. God bless.